All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our Hollywood. I'm Daniel. I'm Kim. And oh, go ahead. You can introduce the guest for today. Okay. Well, our topic today is how fashion can make or break a film. And I actually specifically asked Chloe to be like on this one mm -hmm. because it just made sense. And Chloe is my friend from school. Hi, Chloe. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh my God, I don't think I've ever done the interview question. No. It's, it's my it's my high school newspaper experience that yeah, yeah, yeah. pops off when we start doing these. Yeah. But... Do you want to do it? No, no you okay. can do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know why you're so rattled by yeah. this. Okay, um, so Chloe, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into like film and everything, what you're majoring in too? Because you guys both go to the same school, right? Yeah. You used uh, to, I, I yes. guess. Too. Okay, um, my name's Chloe Slusky. Um, I'm a sophomore at Cal Lutheran and I'm studying art with emphasis in design to try to go into costume design for film. Um, okay, so yeah. perfect. Mm -hmm. That works out so well. How did you guys meet, like, on class or what? Do you even know? Oh, okay, so we have a mutual friend, Ari Ariana, I think. And then, like, I, because she, Ariana was one of my, like, senators, and then I just really like Ariana, and then I saw her hanging out with, like, Julia, and I saw Chloe, and then it's just, like, I think just social media. I think we started talking through like Instagram. That doesn't. I think we okay. did. But we went. But we went through the same school. We went to the same school, but we started talking through Instagram. And then I was like, I told Ariana one day, I was like, Oh, like I'm going to Melrose if you want to come. I was like, You can bring Chloe too, because like we just were talking through the internet. So I was like, I mean, we go to the same school. We might as well just like uh -huh. meet each other. And then she brought Chloe, and then like yeah. Okay, fun. Yeah. So like, it's like internet friends, but also yeah. like we literally lived on the same campus. Okay, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and then you mentioned that you wanted to go into like design. Do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about what kind of got you into costume design more specifically? Like why you like it so much? Yeah, so, um, okay. So my whole life I've always loved clothes. I never really, like not for a while when I was younger, it was never really for myself. I kind of just liked like seeing what people were wearing or like in movies i would be like oh like it was always the clothes it was always about what they were wearing which i thought that was a normal thing for everyone else but most people were like okay like yeah it's a pretty dress i was like no but like look at look at all the little things they're like no one cares I'm like okay so like i like like when i was younger like that's kind of where i noticed and when i was younger i was more into history like i wanted to be a history professor when i was little um weird thing for a kid i know but um so I we would every I would watch a lot of historical movies and I would always look at all the outfits because like historical like costume is one of my favorite parts about costume and all that stuff, um, and that's when I kind of noticed I, when I got a little bit older my brothers started doing like youth like Shakespeare plays and stuff and I would go with them because I was like I don't know like twelve thirteen, and I remember one day they said they needed help with costumes. They're like, you know what, you guys just make your own costumes at home. And I was like, oh, mom, I can make jacks. Because I've been sewing since I was eight. So I made my brother's costumes. And I realized how much I liked it. I was like, wait, this is kind of fun. Like, I kind of like designing costumes. And then I think I was like 12 or 13, 14 maybe. And I was like, I should go into costume design. That'd be cool. <laughs> and then I didn't. And I, well, I, then I kind of like left. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a history degree first. We're just going to get an actual degree, quote unquote, and then move and then maybe do something like that. And then I went, in, went to Cal Lutheran as a history, as a double major in history and art because I really liked art too. And I've been an artist my whole life. So I was like, let's do, let's do both. Then I realized how much I hated being a history major because I do love history, <laughs> but I was like, this is disgusting. There's Especially no way. Cal Lutheran. 
yeah so i still love history and historical costume but then i met um professor raffi at our school who was a costume designer for film and i took both of her senior costume classes as a freshman and i got a's in both of them but um yeah so and i realized how much i liked it and i was kind of like you know what i think i want to go into design for film like costume for film i think i would really like that so that's kind of what i've been and i think and i definitely think the movie that inspired this was the cinderella live action with lily james oh okay when i first saw that i was like i that was right before i started doing the costume stuff for my brother so maybe that was around like 2014 2015 mm-hmm. but i remember seeing that i was like that's what I want to do. That is what I want to be able to design and make. So, yeah, that's the movie that that's the movie that inspired it. And then that was kind of like the journey too that like went to that. So like history, and then I was history and then art, and I just dropped history major. So now I'm just an art major, and then I made an emphasis in design. So that's, that's what, if I'll give Disney one thing about those live action movies. They always translate the animated versions to the live action versions. So good. Like, like they look so yeah, yeah okay. like the the like the the cartoon version is like very simple yeah, yeah and then when they translate it to live action they are completely different but they still are the same costume yes sorry i just when she <laughs> mentioned cinderella i was like okay that makes a lot of sense yeah because the costumes Girl. in that movie are like yeah they translate so good and the um, colors and the stepmom's like green dress oh mm-hmm. i remember seeing that green dress and i was like okay well with costume design, I think what we bo- what we all are like on right now is like it really immerses an audience to the world that you're in in whatever film it is, whether it's like a period piece, whether it's like a fictional world, or like literally just like Ladybird, like suburban yeah. Sacramento. Like it, oh, it, all, everything matters. Like I, I don't think I think it's really overlooked, and I feel the same way as Chloe. Like when I was growing up, I was always like kind of into fashion, and I would always like pay attention to what they're wearing. And I feel like not normal, I guess it's not that normal as we think, but um, it's it's like a subtle way. I always, whenever I'm thinking about films that I wanna make, one of the first things I think about is costume design. Yeah. Because it is a way to say something about your character without saying anything at all, mm-hmm. which we'll get into as we yeah. like delve more into this episode. But I had to have it all sectioned off because I don't know why I just like reverted back to like college and I was like, we're going to make like an outline, like an essay. No, it works. It works. It, because I just care about this subject so yeah. much. So I wanted to make sure we did it. And there's so many things you could talk about with the subject, but I wanted to like just touch on like really important things mm-hmm. that I think would be best encapsulated in like an hour yeah ish podcast (laughs) so the first thing is style that impacted fashion trends first being clueless Mm -hmm. 1995 the costume designer is mona may and she has a incredible iconic rap sheet especially if you grew up in the 2000s like clueless the movie and the tv show lemonade mouth uh-huh rami michelle's high school reunion the wedding singer night at the roxbury enchanted cheetah girls one world the house bunny which is oh i love that movie <laughs> camp rock 2 etc she's incredible what in the world mm-hmm. she's Wait. really awesome is that enchanted and- like the amy adams enchanted I'm pretty sure. I love that movie. I'm pretty sure it's so Amy much. Adams Enchanted. That movie because um, they would it would fit under the aesthetic of all these other movies. She d- yeah. they like now that I'm looking at this list of movies, they 
Yeah, it you can sense. tell it's the same costume designer, mm-hmm. but I never put that together. Yeah. So specifically for Clueless, it was, okay, so thinking about the cultural times is really important when it comes to these. So the movie came out in 1995, right? And for the first half of the 90s, it, the popular fashion trend was like grunge and oversized baggy things. Like basically you wake up, you slap a flannel on your body, put on some baggy jeans and like go on your way. Like it, that's how fashion was. Because like, well, think about like the 80s and the 70s, like everything yeah. was very put together. So like, I think everybody was just fucking tired of it and was like, <laughs> you know what, fuck this. I'm wearing, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And also like Nirvana was super popular. Like all these grunge bands were really popular mm. at the time. So it makes sense for like the pop culture. And Clueless, actually, from what I gather, obviously I wasn't alive during this time, so like, sorry if you were alive and Uh this is incorrect, but what I got from all of the research that I did, which is actually a lot and I didn't even realize it right now, um, was that like, this movie completely changed fashion and like how pop people dress because Clueless, because you think about the 90s, you think about the oversized thing, you think about the Mm -hmm. grunge, but you also think about clueless really and like that's the style that second half of like the 90s was super influenced by clueless that's crazy isn't that insane especially because like the movie was marketed for like a teen audience Mm -hmm. um and also teen like high school movies weren't like a thing at that time yeah and then this was so fucking popular that it like the rest of the 90s like uh movie studios were like let's make a bunch of high school teen movies but nothing could ever come against yeah. Clueless. Ugh. Anyways, Chloe, what are your thoughts? No, it's like, <laughs> no, I just, I think about like, cause there are the two sides of fashion to the nineties. There's the grunge, like, cause like, that's kind of how I dress when I'm lazy. Like I'll throw on a pair of baggy, like Levi's in a flannel, like a cropped tank top and maybe like a choker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like, there's, there is- Like there's, high in the movie. Yeah, literally. literally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then, and then there's like the more preppy side, but it's not preppy. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's clueless I, I though. It's, it's, it's okay. Clueless. So I watched interviews, a bunch of interviews with her. So she, okay. So the director, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name right now. Wait, is Mona May the one they based Edna on Mona off of? Who is no, that? that was Edith Head. Okay. Sorry. We'll get to that then. Um, anyways, so from what I gather, the director of Clueless well she said the story and her okay. Mona May like met and then she the director of Clueless has always been in fashion obviously like I, you can tell like she yeah. really cared about that and they basically met and then she got the movie and she was like okay I need you to do this and like we want why well, I really want to focus on the fashion and like bringing like because she has a background in high fashion as well mm-hmm. so she wants to wanted to bring high fashion into like a Beverly Hills teenager's interpretation of it which tracks because okay. like, yeah. like, I don't think people understand how like smart Cher is because mm-hmm. she's like a valley girl, you know? yeah. And but she has so much knowledge about fashion and like, also like debate and stuff because her dad's a fucking lawyer. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so she wanted to basically make them like they got inspired by like '60s and '70s fashion and wanted to like kind of bring like a timeless look into clueless um so it didn't go out of style and it hasn't in the yeah. past 25 years that it's been out i was watching literally. one of the videos that you um like put on the google doc i was watching it. i don't remember which, which one it was but it said that the best costume design is like 
ones that will be timeless mm -hmm. so that when you wash it at any point in the future um it'll still look modern if yeah. that makes sense yes um and yeah I and like, I, yeah and if you go into a brandy melville now like i don't really i don't really support brandy melville anymore disclaimer but if you go into a brandy melville like everything in there they have like little cropped plaid jackets and like the plaid skirts and the little button-up shirts that are cropped too like it literally looks like clueless in there well it did because i feel like clueless had like a peak a couple months ago again i mean like it's yeah. been over and over again for the past 20 like years once a year it happens it's, like yes. literally once a year and i think it was like june this year or it was like yeah every, every girl they had like the mary janes and the white socks mm -hmm. and um and then and, I guess, like the, yeah. and that that hairstyle was also really popular the like the um like the blown out kind mm -hmm. of look you know and like everything just everything from like the hairstyle to the and like their little purses too like and then and then even like i in the party scene i'm like people this could be a 2020 party yeah like absolutely. That's, that's what everyone's wearing like it's great that's so interesting it's so it, and you do see how it goes back to the 70s too especially with the plaid and the collars like mm -hmm. um like dion wears a lot of collars I always noticed that and it definitely like is like a tribute to the 70s and i always thought that was cool because the 70s are my favorite fashion decade so i always liked dion's outfits and then share with her little plaid the very 70s as well which mm -hmm. it it's so cool and like uh I like i think it's also interesting like how they paired like dion and Cher's fashion because they are very yeah. similar but what yeah. i like dion's is more like classic and like timeless because she's like more like matured i guess is like how it is it does come off like dion seems like a little bit more mature and like she's very like i feel like very sure of herself like she's definitely the dominant one in her like relationship and like oh, yeah you know what i mean and then Cher is more like girly and like has like a lot of fun she's like trying to like she's just very extroverted also and like yeah trying to like she's in everybody's business <laughs> also <laughs> yes. but she means well in doing that and I think it's really cool, especially how they had Ty as a character in the movie and how she was kind of like what people were dressing like actually at that time. Mm -hmm. And Cher like definitely molded her into like what Dion and like Cher were wearing. But as Ty like evolves as a character herself, she does go back to like her like kind of grunge style, but it's elevated in like, you, you know what I mean? Yes. But okay. I, well, I think what... Well, another thing is because, okay, Kim, Kim added a lot of videos, guys, to the Google Doc. And so I was watching all these and I went down a rabbit hole. And something they said in the video was like, um, they wanted to, like, what's the word they used? Like, capture, um, mm -hmm. like, a, like a snapshot of what the fashion was at the time. Um, and that they would change it depending on what the seasons are in the movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's summer. And so you could see the outfits changing according to that and I was like I would have never caught that in a million years yeah it's a subtle thing but I think like in the, your subconscious like you're like oh okay time's passing you can tell because that's yeah. how it is in the like you can like it's we never notice it because mm -hmm. it's so subtle but if, it, if so they good. didn't if they didn't then like you would have just assumed no time was passing yeah exactly if they were in the same bright colors throughout the entire movie you would have been like oh it's the same summer yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. crazy it just shows how much thought costume designers put into it and nobody notices well, like yeah. we noticed, well, but like no one gives them like recognition. Yeah, it's. I feel like now it's getting a little bit more popular. Like yeah. from what I've noticed, maybe it's just the side of TikTok I'm on. But um, I feel like more people <laughs> care true. about it, which also leads me to Euphoria. Okay. Which people 
definitely care about what the characters in Euphoria are wearing. Yeah, 100%. I feel like this show is going to have the same, I think it's going to have the same impact as like Clueless, honestly, when okay. it comes to fashion. To be honest, I, like when, because like when we think about like 90s fashion, we, uh, the first movie you think of is Clueless. Yeah. When you think about like style and like the 2010s, 2020s, you're going to think about Euphoria. Yeah. To be honest. Okay, and like my, point, yeah. my humble opinion. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Cause it's one of the only like teen shows where they're actually wearing what actual teenagers are wearing. Exactly. It, like no one wears what Riverdale teens are wearing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no teen no shade to like the other like, no, yeah. high school stories, but like they're not no, really, they they're really basic characters. They dress them so, like, it's exactly what people like, like 15 to 20 year olds are wearing right now. And like, exactly. and if you think about like, like, I feel like for the early 2000s, that show was Gossip Girl. Like, that was the yeah. that was the early 2000s fashion show. And then I feel like definitely for now, like, the 20, 2019 to, like, now era is definitely, like, I feel like Euphoria, like, from the pictures I've seen and stuff, I feel like it definitely captures it really well. Cause like, and, like, and like what you're saying, the other teen shows, too, like, I think, like, the first one that comes to mind is Riverdale. Like, it's so inaccurate. Yeah. Like, that's not what people actually wear. Like, no one wears stuff like that. No. It's it's so unrealistic and like and like i get it because it's like a comic book and they're trying to like kind of it, it works the for their like book, more like, weird world but it also does life, not make sense. they had such a yeah they had such an opportunity to be like euphoria like in inspiration yeah. like fashion wise but they, well riverdale they started in like 2016 i think so they yeah they never that's had true. a chance 2016 for fa- the year for fashion 2016 was not very and they just kind of had to stay in that world because they were there so they were like well that's go really annoying this. um but i, I love about euphoria like, oh sorry go ahead no i'm just thinking about if i wa- was walking around in like something like cheryl from riverdale war oh i don't know like something that veronica wore like if i just walked to if i like went to the grocery store in that like they do <laughs> Like that would be so weird. Ugh. Like I mean, if I wore something from Euphoria, it would be a little more normal. Like it would still yeah, be yeah. a little like out there, but it would still be like. But you'd okay. be like, oh my god, that girl's like super fashionable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be like, why are you wearing a circle skirt with a sweater and a collar and a pearl necklace? <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's God. literally what Veronica wears in every episode. Yeah, but it's like it's a difference because it's like definitely 50s inspired. But if you if I saw like an actual pinup girl like out, I'd be like, okay, queen. Yeah. But like it's because they do it so lacklusterly, like and like you can tell like they don't actually care about like the cult like Jughead, the 50s yeah. culture and like 60s like, behind it. Exactly. That's all I had to say, Jughead. Just go away. <laughs> like, Not the Riverdale slander. No, okay. Like, listen, it works for their show because it's like a comic book. Like, they're yes, cartoon yes. characters. Uh, no, uh, yes. But compared to Euphoria. <laughs> oh, 100%. It blows it out of the water. Anyway, it's so bland so, compared to Euphoria. It's just yeah. like, where's the flavor? Yeah, exactly. Um, what I love about Euphoria is how it's really, it seems like a very collaborative set in general, just from like, all the videos, every single video that they put out, I've watched. Yes, okay. um, and it, like, all the actors have said, like, they had a really good, like, um, what's it called? They were, like, really collaborative on their character design. Like, they were yes. very collaborative, especially, like, Hunter, because um, she was about to go into fashion school. And also, oh, my God, a concept, actually casting people that are around the age of, yeah. <laughs> and, like, of the age, and also are, like, in like kind of in the same like realm of the people you're trying to reach yeah because all of the people they um casted in this movie especially in like 
they cast a Zendaya, which that gives you the star power. And then they basically casted everybody else, like basically unknown actors. I haven't like, seen any of them. Yeah, Alexa Demi had just had like mid 90s, but like I'm pretty sure she filmed like Maybe before. Maybe like, Jacob Alordi was he in something else? He was in Kissing Booth, but like, but, well, but like that's... that's not like his. I don't think but that was. Or like... kind of saved his whole career with that. Yes, yeah. and I hated him after Kissing Booth, and once he came to Euphoria, everyone was like, "Oh, because he got a haircut." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Anyway, it's not the same person. Like Kissing no, Booth, really not. Jacob is I like, was, and then I was so confused. Jacob? I was like. I was I looked him up because I was like, has he been in something? Because I was like, he looks mildly familiar. I never watched the Kissing Booth, but I was like, obviously, like it was all over Twitter. You so did like, it? no, hell oh. no. Are you serious, Kim? It was friends, a cultural reset. No, my friends forced me to watch it. I was like, this feels like a, so you did see it. I did see it like within the in quarantine mm-hmm. because my friends watched. Why are you I'm just kidding. <laughs> Darby literally forced me to watch it. She's Both like, we have to watch it. No, I didn't watch the second one. Oh. I couldn't oh, do wait. it. Oh, just kidding. I was me. I always confuse that one into all the boys. They're the same thing. No, they're not. No, they're oh, not. No, no, no they're, they're not. not. Yeah, what? The I heck? haven't seen no. any of the four movies. I just in my head. To all the, same the boys thing. I love before is literally minus Noah Centineo. We're not gonna talk about that. Um, it's a no, but the co- the costumes in all the boys I love before too. Her little outfits, adorable. I love her. So good. You do not have all the boys I love before slander on this podcast. Yeah. That is me, those are me not cute. me not having <laughs> even seen the movie, and I was like. It's you the felt, that was you said that with your whole chest. Well, because I literally like, like I genuinely do not see that. Well, I haven't seen them, I guess, so I can't really say. Okay, it's Jordan like Fisher in the second one too. Oh, we love Jordan Fisher on this podcast. Okay, we love that man. So much. We're not going to talk about I'm my. Sorry. We'll talk about this after we finish recording because okay. I have opinions. Wait, on Jordan Fisher? I'm not. I love Jordan Fisher. We've oh, established that. Yeah. I'm talking about like in the like concepts of uh to, to all the boys i love before okay, anyways we'll okay. go on <laughs> to euphoria <laughs> lord have mercy um but yeah what i was saying what we got off the tangent was like actually casting people that are like the people you're trying to reach and also like they had they could have casted uh, all the star power they could have but i think it was really yeah exactly like i think it was really cool that they casted like real people like hunter was about to go to fashion school and like like Kat was like, I followed her before she got casted on Euphoria because she's like a model and she's like a plus size model and I really liked her. Um, And I don't know, like just the collaborativeness of like them all reading the script and then coming together and like thinking about the choices that came, like why they are Mm -hmm. making those choices. Like, for example, like Jules is like my favorite. I love her like evolution, Mm -hmm. like costume wise and like, well, I mean, she's like mid- character development yeah. but costume wise like in the beginning um she's like very much like com- like they said like conform to like the heteronormative like mm-hmm. uh what you would think a girl would wear like candy colors and like super like feminine and but as she like grows and as she like stop try like kind of like focuses more on her self-growth and like figuring out who she actually is rather than like trying to fulfill a void of like basically fulfilling a male gaze Mm -hmm. um she starts dressing like more for herself you you can definitely see that it's subtle i didn't notice it the first time because i was so overwhelmed by the candy colors at first but on my second watch of Victoria, yeah that too (laughs) and on my second watch before i was like oh my god she's like dressing really different yeah but, also Barbie's yeah. character. What's her name? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but sorry, I, don't I to wanted, say about that one. Yeah. And I think also um another interesting thing that I saw, like it, I think this this next tidbit like really focuses on like 
how euphoria is already influencing fashion mm -hmm. and like how people do it and like um well like there's a conversation with Heidi and Hunter Heidi Heidi is Heidi Bivens is the costume designer for euphoria they had like a conversation on YouTube and they said that they were looking for untucked friendly underwear um and they could only find one designer that like made that type of underwear but then on the set on um, when she was prepping for season two it was she found it a lot easier to find items that she was looking for and that's because I don't think people ever thought about like making untucked friendly underwear mm. I didn't I didn't even know like that Me was either. like a thing and I think that's so cool that they were able to showcase like a young trans woman mm -hmm. like being so comfortable to like do that and inspiring mm -hmm. other people to make stuff like that and I think also and also educating people oh, and educating people oh a hundred percent um and I really love that show with how they portrayed Jules, Jules character yeah. like her being trans was not like the fucking point of topic mm -hmm. at all like I like, it, <laughs> I love that <laughs> oh, show wow. I just love that show so much it's like literally everything to me mm -hmm. and I think also like it's really cool how in um they use like 50 percent vintage on like all the film female characters which i think is like speaks very true to like gen z um yeah. right now and also they also have a platform where they can be able to use small designers and kind of like like highlight their work as mm -hmm. well well something that uh, me going back to the videos that you said <laughs> the some the costume designer from clueless mm -hmm. said that she thrifted some of the mm -hmm. um outfits for this movie which i thought was so really cool. i didn't yeah. know that's so crazy. Like so she has, cool. they had a budget and she's like, no, let's yeah. go thrifting, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and then well, we like Clueless basic. actually didn't have that big of a budget. Really? Um, yeah. No. Who made it? I don't know. But I think in one of her interviews, she said like, it wasn't like a huge budget, but like, actually, no, it was, no. It was a smaller. No, it might've been, yeah, it was definitely a smaller movie. They definitely had a budget because it's like a, a big I know big someone budget, in that movie. Oh, really? Was, yeah. I, the guy who was cutting his, the, what, what's his name's hair in the bathroom at the party. That's so specific. He goes to church. <laughs> what the heck it was that's a small crazy. movie like that's why yeah. we all watched it as a kid be, like when i was younger huh. like all my friends are like oh my gosh like sean's and clueless we have to watch it and then like Ooh. and like we all loved it and like that's how i love we that. it because it was a smaller movie that's crazy. you know so I feel like I euphoria did they i feel like they gave all the budget to like game of thrones and stuff and then like i feel like they didn't give them that much they well, saw they the had, huge budget they had drake and featured throw money at them so i think they're they fine. did yeah that's why drake and featured oh, producers I didn't even know they're okay. producers until right now in this moment. <laughs> I don't go down Euphoria rabbit holes like you. I, okay, guys, like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> like, as soon as Euphoria was cast, because I found out Euphoria was a thing because of Barbie. Mm -hmm. And I saw that she was cast, and I was like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. And I was anticipating it. I think it was like a whole year. I was anticipating the shit. And I remember being in New York and I seeing like a billboard for Euphoria. And I was telling all the people I was with, I was like, that movie is, or that. TV show, I know it. It's gonna be fucking huge. Mm -hmm. Like I know it. So Hollywood, if you, please, I want to work on Euphoria. Um, I just, I just knew it was gonna be so good. Cause like, how are you gonna have Zendaya in like a TV show yeah. and it not be good? There, um, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible for it not to be good. And the fact that she was like a producer as well on it, and like they had Drake and Future, I was like, I just know this is I gonna be fucking her. fantastic. And I think also like they were able to push boundaries, and I think. Also, like you can see it on TikTok, you can see it on social media. Like a lot of people are basing outfits off of, I've made a video yes. basing outfits off of Euphoria characters and like people being more experimented with their makeup and wearing it out. Like it's not just a costumey thing. Like yeah. people are expressing themselves with makeup and fashion 
because they're inspired by these characters like honestly um it was like that whole euphoria trend where people were doing the makeup and like going out mm -hmm. and like doing photo shoots Mm -hmm. stuff like that graphic liner had a had its life has its life because of euphoria Mm -hmm. so graphic liner is like all the crazy oh okay (laughs) yeah and you know what here's the thing about that the euphoria makeup I have seen a lot of lackluster. Okay, we don't That's need to... a, No, I don't want to shade anyone's makeup skills, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like people were misunderstanding what made oh, the oh. euphoria... Oh, 1,000%. ...fashion good. Yes. People were like, slap some glitter on my face and euphoria, but that's not... 100%. ...what it was about. That, that, that happens the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not me just trying to drag people. That's not what I... I was just trying to say, like, I don't think people... No. When they're that like, oh, euphoria sense. costume, they don't... They're not no. getting it across. It's okay, though. It takes yeah. away from the soul of, like, what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it just but makes think... it like, oh, it's cute. It's like, mm. yeah. yeah. It's okay. People are always going to misinterpret oh, yeah, things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. But, you know, it means a lot to the people that, like, like I don't, I don't want to say get it, but, like, get yeah, it. Yeah, don't be one of those. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess, like, like understand not... more, I guess, that, like. Yeah. Because I think also, like, Euphoria talks a lot about, like, different types of people that aren't represented like cat yeah cat like literally my entire struggle like basically from like high school mm-hmm. to like now essentially was like i wasn't comfortable with my sexuality because plus size women are never empowered sexually on mm-hmm. the screen yeah and yeah. i cat was pretty much like the first person that i saw that was like unapologetic about her sexuality mm-hmm. and like really owned it and honestly like it was super inspiring yeah to be honest uh, for me and I also really like her transformation. I think that's why I get so defensive over her when people are like, Kat's a fucking bitch. And I'm like, Maddie's literally in a toxic relationship. You think she's mentally like all there too? Uh, The hell? They're both, everybody has their issues. You're getting red. I I know, (laughs) but it makes me so angry because like, I think everybody like goes on about like how Kat and like Maddie had the argument at like the table. And I'm just like, Bro, they're both like they're both did shitty things. But that's what makes it so such of a good show. It's like everyone sucks. Kind yeah, of. yeah, everyone but you sucks. Love kind them of. All. Yeah, but that's like being a high schooler. Literally, that's like reality. Like no one's a perfect person. Like we're all like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's we why all I'm do like, things. Yeah, I think that's why I defend Kat because I'm like, yeah, she's like, but like you always make mistakes, especially when you're just getting into your sexuality. Yeah. Because you just want to experience it all. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, because, like, that's what we were shown. And then, like, I don't know. And, like, her becoming, like, because before she was, like, kind of, like, shy and, like, was, like, whatever. Like, she was, okay. whatever. Anyways, you know. Well, <laughs> well, I think there's also something to say about how plus-size women are portrayed in movies. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, for example, just the first one that pops up in my head, how fat Amy, that's, that's what the character's yeah. in, how they dress her on Pitch Perfect is so unflattering. Oh my so god! Rude. Everything's like, everything's a fat joke down to the it's, costume. Yeah, it's supposed to like um, focus on the stomach. Off. That oh, whenever when I watched Pitch Perfect when I was a kid, I like all the stereotypes. I was like, mm-hmm. this would not, this would not pass in twenty twenty. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's like it's it's kind of funny now. Like it's an old. It's like oh my gosh, this movie. Yeah. You know, like and, kind of, the, the, but like the whole thing with Amy, I was always like. Like, the fact that she even had to say, like, she had, like, that she said, she was like, oh, I call myself Fan Amy, so you guys don't, look skinny people, like, you don't do it behind my back, like. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't wrong, though. No, like, okay. She wasn't like, wrong at like, all, but it was sad that she even, yeah, like, that even happened. 
But that's like comedy. Is like a it's like a yeah. social comedy. Well, like in the last one, she's like a spy, and they gave her like fun outfits to wear in the last one. So. Well, I'm just saying, like, how, yeah. how they changed the costume, because I think they noticed that the first one was just not... Well, because, like, you realize, like, it, it's, it's literally fat-shaming. Like, yeah. you're basically fat-shaming, and, like, you're crossing it off as a fucking butt of a joke. And fat people are always the butt of the joke. Always. Always. And, like, imagine growing up, and that's the only media you consume, and then, like, you see Kat from Euphoria being super empowered. Like, exactly. oh, my God, I was absolutely... I cried. I yeah. cried. Especially her little speech. I know it's, like, really... It's been like, whatever. Like it's it's like whatever oh. to everybody else. Like it's like oh like, um, I was always afraid afraid of people finding out was, that I was fat. Oh okay. Oh my god. Yeah. I have never related to such a fucking statement. Yeah. In my goddamn life. Mm-hmm. And I I just love her and like her being empowered with her fashion. Like I had just gotten in like comfortable with expressing my fashion and dressing how I wanted to, and I was still lacking in like this like kind of sexuality department like I wasn't really comfortable like, like expressing myself like because and I think she really helped me genuinely and that's yeah. crazy because I was like what 21 when it came out yeah it came out last year yeah yeah I was like 21 when it came out and like the fact that I didn't have a character that could I'm empower so me that way and like that again shows the power of media and how representation representation does matter yeah. and like the fact that I didn't have a character that was empowering to me Mm-hmm. until now is absolutely insane that's crazy it's crazy it is um sad, but what is your yeah. opinions on her fashion transformation i love it yeah i love it so much it's um i just think well also just the, okay the, the euphoria costume is so good because like for example she was also in another hbo movie i think it was, it was like on pregnant or something and how mm-hmm. they dressed her in that movie i didn't didn't even recognize her really? until like halfway through the movie i was like is that how I think it is? And then I looked it up and I was like, that's insane. They like she's completely transformed in that movie than she is in Euphoria. Wow. Did you wait, did No, you I didn't. Movie? No, but okay. that's, that's interesting reckon, that you say. Have it. you seen the trailer or something? Well, I, w- I was gonna watch it because of her. Yeah, that's why I watched it. And first of all, great movie. I liked okay. it. I liked it a lot. Um, but it's just crazy how like the costume design can completely transform someone. And you can tell also like um in the way she like the character carries herself towards okay. the later yeah. in the season oh yeah um it also comes through with the fashion which i think is a lot of mm-hmm. like the teen shows yeah that... and like her embracing her sexuality bleeds out into her into her costuming because mm-hmm. of like all the chokers and all the leather and like stuff like that and also moving into the next like branch is color coding characters which is like my favorite thing ever it's mm-hmm. so it's amazing so in euphoria they definitely color code characters cat her color is red um maddie is purple obviously you can the chili scene alone <laughs> um and jules is like pink because it was super feminine and then moves more into like uh, orange and green i don't think i ever caught that until right now really yeah fun but yeah that's just kind of like moving into it and like red is like a very like passionate color and like also the yeah passionate sexuality like yeah. you know you get the drift um but I think it, I really like when people do this and like costume designers do this because it helps you visually, like I recognize each character. Yeah. Like it helps, mm-hmm. you know, like even if like the sound is off, that's the thing was like, if the sound is off, you would still understand like how these characters are interacting with each other because they're like color coded essentially. Yeah. And it's very pleasing to the eye as well. Yes. <laughs> um, and one of my other favorite movies that d- does this is 500 Days of Summer. 
I this was one of my favorite movies ever, and I got shamed out of liking it because people were like, Ooh. "Summers," because the internet. Summer, they're like, oh. they like all everybody like has a friggin' war about Summer and Tom, and it's like neither of them are great characters. Like they're not great people when they're in relationship with each other because they yeah. don't work. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> like what? Ah. And like, did we watch the same thing? And okay, so another YouTube channel, if you're really into film, that you should watch is Now You See It. It's one of my favorite channels and Film Radar, which is another one that I got, I think when I was watching Clueless. Um, those two are fantastic if you're into like film. Uh, they basically have, have a video about costume design and talk about 500 Summer. And in the opening, it's uh, established like Tom's color is brown and Summer's color is blue. And you yeah. can see this visually throughout the movie. When we're in Tom's world, everything's kind of like brown toned. And when we're in Summer's world, everything's like blue toned. Mm-hmm. And um, especially the dance sequence when, you know, he's literally surrounded by people in blue. It's supposed to rem- like be like, oh my God, he's falling out of the summer, blah, blah, blah. And I think <laughs> it's just like you, I, it's just a subtle way to even more immerse yourself into how these people are feeling. Yeah. Like, it's just. It's just so good. It's just so good. I think another movie that kind of does it back, like similarly to that is La La Land mm-hmm. and how yeah. like, um, oh, oh my God, God. I'm forgetting the names. Emma Stone. Um, it's me, like and me and Sebastian. Me and Sebastian. Um, it's like yellowy and like, mm-hmm. and Sebastian's just like blue and like jazzy. Mm-hmm. Jazzy's not a color, but in my head it is. Yeah. Um, it's like a dark pressed artist. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of stuff. And when they're in each other, like when he takes her to the date, the world is that color. And then when she's, she's like in her apartment, it's brighter and the roommates are all wearing brighter colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I really like when movies do that because then at the end, when they have the blend of the two characters, it looks like so it, it's pleasing in your head, even if yeah. you don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's very subconscious. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, Land, um, oh, that's like one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time, especially, especially because of the colors. I remember the first time I saw it, I was just like, like, oh my God, like the colors, like just the yellows and the blues. It's, a, it's the yellows and the blues. And I definitely think that and then and then and I and I and I feel like in the middle of the movie it's definitely very like they mix it because yeah. like in the beginning when like the beginning it's very separated like he has him in his brown car her in her white car you know like mm-hmm. the very and then like his apartment's very dark and like cluttered and hers is very light and colorful and in the middle of the movie it kind of mixes like his mm-hmm. apartment gets kind of like cluttered but more sunny and like colorful and then he starts wearing brighter stuff too and then mm-hmm. and then when they split off at the end it go, it goes back. Yeah. And then you yeah, see their apartment at the end. And you see the difference in their yeah. apartments at the end. She has more like vintage, colorful furniture, and he has more modern, dark, sharp furniture. And I also think that that's the thing with costume too that that designers will do is that there's sharp costumes and there's soft costumes, and like they, they definitely define the character. Like like with La La Land and also Five Hundred Days of Summer too. Like I feel like, you know, there's the sharp and then the softs. If if yeah. that makes sense. Like um, hold on. I don't know how to explain it, but it makes sense. Like Tom. Yeah, right? it, it's hard to explain, <laughs> yeah. but when you, if you have like a visual, which is the thing, like costume is incredibly visual. visual. Yeah. So it makes sense when you're looking at it and it's also a subconscious thing in your head. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. they dress a lot of extras, I guess, in soft, because they're not supposed to stand out. Yeah. You know, so that's, I feel like that's the best way to picture it in your head. And also like the girl in the beginning, the opening girl that's like leads the song, Another Day of Sun, she's wearing a yellow dress. Yeah. Because she's like, an embodiment of MSM and Mia. Yeah. Oh my, did you, I saw this thing that the director said that basically everyone in that, in the opening number, it was supposed to be like failed people and that yeah. they never actually make it. Yeah. That, that's depressing. 
I mean, anyway, the I eye though, he's like like mirrors mirrors of the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which and I I think an, okay like with this hard with the sorry soft and sharp costumes mm-hmm. I think an example of that like a like a sharp costume would be like how in La La Land Sebastian all he wore was like suits. Yeah. And things with sharp collars, like it was very. Okay, yeah. It was very rectangular, if that makes sense. Like he never wore like t-shirts. If he did, it was always a white t-shirt. Like it was always very, you know, like there. Yeah. Because he's a perfectionist very much so. Very much true to the art of jazz. Yeah, yes. And if it was messy, it was always in dark colors. And then Emma, not Emma, Mia, Emma Stone. um, Mm. It was always like dresses and like soft collars. Yeah, like soft, like soft um, necklines and like yeah. like green dress she wears when they go to the planetarium mm-hmm. and the Earth Observatory. It's like it's like it's and then you can see how she's being influenced by it because you see it gets a little bit sharper. It's more of a V neck, and all her other dresses in the movie are softer. So mm-hmm. I don't know if like that was on purpose or not, but I did notice that. I feel and like she's it also has wearing to be. because she's they di- in the whole movie they directly affect each yeah. other. Like literally, it has to be on purpose because yeah. Because the costume designer's job is literally to think about those tiny little details. Yes. And so, it like, makes me so happy. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Oh, and, then, and then he's wearing a lighter colored suit. He's wearing a light brown suit instead of, yeah. like, in the beginning of the movie, he's wearing a dark blue suit. Mm-hmm. So, Lawland is. Yeah. Know. And, like, I'll I love stop, how, it, how it says about. I know, I love Lawland too. Everybody, like, shits on it, but it's Who? like. Twitter. Oh, t- I don't trust Twitter for anything. <laughs> um, everywhere on the internet does. Anyways, um, yeah, because I really like how it says about. Yeah, I really like how it says about. We don't watch movies to be realistic. Oh okay, sorry. <laughs> I really like how it says about relationships because you do take things from every relationship that yeah. you have, and you take that into like you do take that into your next relationship. You take that into the rest of your life. You always have like a piece of that person with you, and I mm-hmm. really love how they did that. It's agreed. Really iconic. Um. And also another example, I just want to touch on this because I love Baby Driver. Yes, half the cast are problematic, but we're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are they like, going to make a second one? They, I don't think they are anymore. I don't think they can. Yeah, no. Um, they really can't. They can't. I love that movie so much. Me Anyways, too. so like really? Baby is like yeah. his colors are black and white and um, it's because like there's such a stark differences between his life. Like mm-hmm. the black is like the dark criminal stuff and then the white is like when he's like at home and like taking care, like taking care oh, of his yeah. foster dad. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that you see it. And also another thing that I watched in the video is like um, the costume designer, like his undershirt that he like, cause he basically wears a t-shirt, like a plain ass t-shirt mm-hmm. the entire yeah. time. But yeah. it gets from lighter to darker as he gets like more into the like criminal wor- world. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that movie. There's so many good details in that movie, but yeah so that go that transitions over time which leads us to like um costuming and decades so this is like kind of meshing the two costuming and decades and then also like color coding characters which is like marie antoinette another Mm -hmm. great movie we love sofia coppola we We love sofia coppola um and and marie antoinette like there's definitely phases in her life so Mm -hmm. in the beginning it's like very it's like soft like it's soft and like there's still a lot of their color but then it moves in like to her party scenes and like it's super extravagant, bright, poppy colors, like hot pink and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into like motherhood where she's wearing like a lot of whites. And um, then it moves to when um, she loses her, I think it's a son, but she loses her baby. And then the rest of the movie, she's wearing like 
dark colors. Yeah. So I love that so much. I think with period pieces, the the struggle of what they have to figure out is, are they going to do historically accurate or are they going to do an aesthetic mix with historically yeah. accurate? Like the video you sent me, like The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Those videos are not, I mean, those costumes are not historically accurate 100%, mm-hmm. but they work for the world of that movie. Yeah. Um, and it works. Yeah. Like it still it blends together very well. Um, I don't know. And I love when like history movies spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then also there's movies where I'm like, I'm glad they didn't spice it up. Because yeah. it needs to be historically accurate. And I think that, okay, well, like, as a history, as an ex-history mm-hmm. student, like, historically accurate costumes <laughs> are something that, like, I'm, like, <sighs> yeah. I'm very attracted to historically accurate costumes. Uh-huh. Um, like, like, I'm, like, Marie Antoinette, like, the, the costumes, I think they did a really good job with them being historically accurate down to detail, but also, like, showing the character through the costume. And that's, mm-hmm. I just think that was genius. I think, like, an example of a, co- a movie I didn't like the way they like redid like the great gatsby i agree with that's one of my favorite movies as well and i think that they i think that they the twist one that they did was good it fit the aesthetic of the movie one i didn't like was beauty and the beast the live action one mm. the only live action of disney's i didn't like that much only because they made it so english when it they could have taken french culture and made it so beautiful in that movie i feel I like i haven't even and, thought of that yeah and they didn't and like and and, and like i they could have gotten a French actor. I, I, I don't know why it was that hard. I, but and I love Emma Watson. Love that woman to yeah. death. But I, I, whenever I watch that movie, I'm like, the dress is so plain. Like, it's like, yeah. they could have, like, it's, it's the same time period as Marie Antoinette. Like, mm-hmm. those skirts, you know, like, with the huge hit things. I forgot what they're called. But, like, they hoop skirts. And they weren't hoop skirts. It's, like, a special thing they have only on their hips. Oh, oh. yes. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know yeah. that one. Um, like the Marie Antoinette, it's the Marie, it's that French Revolution era style mm-hmm. dresses, you know, like seven, I think 17, I don't want to say I'm going to be wrong, 1700s, <laughs> but, um, 18th yeah, century, and, like, I think. they had, they had, like, I saw someone redesign, like, the Beauty and the Beast dress into, like, a historically accurate dress, and it was so cool, I was like, imagine if, I don't, imagine if it was historically, like, I, I love, I love the costumes were really pretty. Her wedding dress at the end was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Not historically accurate at all. It looked like yeah. a 2020 wedding dress. Oh, absolutely. But it, it just bothered me. I was like, that you had so much potential with this movie. So much. And you did none of it. And it just that movie always like compared to Cinderella too. Like mm-hmm. Cinderella was so genius in the costumes and it was still historically accurate mm-hmm. to a degree. But like they, they switched you, <laughs> but like not like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they could have like been historically ac- accurate while still adding like a Disney flair to it. Yeah. Exa- like 100%. yeah, they could have done the like the big hoop thing, but still like you know with like the like the the glitter and the you know the little mm-hmm. gold details that they did like when mm-hmm. like the gold came down from the chandelier and stuff yeah. that went on her dress. You know like I don't know. I feel like that there could have been so much more that was yeah. done. Um, that was that makes so. sense though because like if, if it wasn't yeah. for the names and for the fact that I knew where that movie takes place i would not know it was in that yeah like, that's place true. of the world and in that time period mm-hmm. i would not know especially in the live action one it just doesn't come across very well yeah and i think i like marie antoinette also like pulling back to that is like i like like what you said like it's historically accurate but they also like i was like reading an article and it's like the hot like there's a hot pink that she wears in um 
like the middle of like a party scene and like some of the colors are like, super vibrant and then those colors just weren't a thing yeah in like the 18th neon. century yeah exactly the the like pink and stuff like there's a hot pink in like the party scenes and like those colors are really vibrant which is just not historically accurate for the thing but the pieces that Marie Antoinette was still wearing were historically accurate and I think it also helps with like especially uh like super like frivolous and like indulgent atmosphere that Marie Antoinette was in yeah like before like motherhood and like the end of the movie it it just fully emphasizes it and also this movie came out in 2006 so like yeah we had to like get some bubble gum it's a very 2006 movie yeah yeah and Sofia Coppola just in general I just want to give her like a little chef's kiss because she does such great movies like literally all of her movies are about either young girls or like really privileged and or privileged people that like are disconnected from like everyone else or young girls that are trying to figure out themselves and Marie Antoinette is just like the perfect little ball yeah. of everything and i love that movie yeah. well chloe for example you said you were super into like um like historically accurate costumes what movies do you think like um do it like very well like you're like yes that's how it should be done um if you have any in mind or another one that did it really badly <laughs> like looking at my movie collection right now um <laughs> i always do that when people ask me questions i'm like let me I'm like do- um mm, um hmm I mean, like, if it's, like, going super accurate, hmm. Okay. <laughs> I do like the costumes in Midnight in Paris. Okay. That oh, is my yeah. favorite movies of all time anyways, but when he goes back to the 20s and then when they go back to the 1890s, I'm like, oh, like, yeah. the whole atmosphere is just, like... Yeah. Like, if you go to old houses or old places and stuff, like, when they go back to the 1890s, that's what it feels like. It's just very dark because that's what it was like. Yeah. You know, or, like, in the 20s, too, it's a lot of, like, dark blues, maybe some green, but a lot of black. A lot of black and a lot of sequins, like, beads. So I feel like that one always makes me happy whenever I watch it. I'm like, I feel like I'm actually yeah. in the 20s. This is I how love we, that movie. We don't stand Woody Allen, but... Not at all. Oh, Not right? at all. Yeah, so... But Midnight in Paris is literally such a good movie, guys. Like, Midnight in Paris is... Yes. We, we don't talk about it. It makes you feel warm. Like, I yeah. love that movie. I really don't understand how that was. Like, because I, I, I like... I used to like Willoughby Allen movies, but, like, Midnight in Paris is, like, elevated. Like, I don't know what it is about that movie that I just... Did like, he obsessed. write it? I think he directed it. He... I, really um, I think he directed it. Another one that is historically accurate that I do like is the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. The BBC Pride and Prejudice oh, is okay. really good, but the Kira Knightley one, I feel like is so... Because I, I, I liked the BBC one more as a kid, the mm-hmm. one with Colin Firth, because it was more colorful, but that's not accurate to the time. Like, I was re-watching the Kira Knightley one, I was like, this one's actually genius. Like, this is historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, the dark, the more browns, they all wear browns and some whites and stuff, too. It's very accurate to that to that time. And whenever I watch it, it makes me very happy because i'm like there's no extra they're they're supposed to be poor like <laughs> lizzie's family they're supposed to be poor they're not supposed to be like super wealthy like they inherited this big house from their family but like that doesn't mean they have money like they don't have to pay mortgage in like yeah. the 1820s you know so <laughs> yeah so that's another one that one in midnight mm-hmm. period i there's what definitely more about um little woman i was about to oh, ask that yes the new little one, mm. and that also goes into the color color the color coding mm-hmm. thing too. Yeah, with they all have different the costumes in that movie. When it won best costume design, I almost cried. I was like, she deserves it. Yeah, yeah, she deserves she it because that movie was incredible. And I think I think she did 
I think that's a good example of adding some modern, like the colors and stuff she used, but also staying historically accurate. Kind of like Marie Antoinette. I feel like she did an incredible job with that movie. I'm obsessed with that movie anyways. It's Yeah. yeah. I feel I like that's my, I love, that's my favorite kind of costume design. Okay. I think. Yeah. Cute. I, I, it's one of my favorites too. I think yeah. it's like cool just. Yeah, I it think just, it's just it's cool. so fun to watch. It's just it's also fun because no literally nobody dresses like that. Yeah. You literally yeah. can't see that shit anywhere else besides like museums. Literally. So like I love it. It's like a living museum. Uh moving yeah. more into like the costuming and like decades and stuff. The knives, opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. The opposite of that. Well, I mean, yeah. Anyways, knives out, which is like it's kind of like based in modern times, but they're stylized yeah. in like what what would you say the decade is, Chloe? Like, um, I definitely think they drew a lot of influence from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which those are my two favorite fashion decades, which is why Same. I love the movie so much. Yep. Same. So I, I think with as I look, I think they also did, ex- except with the aunt. I forgot what her name is, but like the hippie aunt from LA, yeah, who was vegan and very valley. Tony Collette character though. I love her, but I don't think she was. That was that was any decade, but all of the other characters except the um. I haven't seen this movie in like a couple months. The um the the girl that helped him. Oh, Anna, Anna um, or I forgot. I don't know her name. In the oh movie. my god. Here's the thing. We don't remember their names, but we, we I can I can tell you by heart. I can tell you what each of them was wearing. Marta. No, Marta. Marta. Yes. Yeah. I don't but think both Marta of those make sense because the aunt isn't isn't related to them actually yeah. she was just a sister-in-law and that's why it's brilliant yeah. it was a direct family that had the character in the costume it's yeah oh they like, all like, look oh, like clue God. characters except for her no literally She's, like, plucked out of la and like put there and also her daughter um with the juniors is white girl they, they, the ones who weren't directly related looked so out of place in that house and it was because they yeah. all had the same like 60s 70s aesthetic like like the the sweaters the jackets the collars like the the like the, the reds the oranges and the pinks blues and greens so beautiful like, it's the pinks blues and greens the pinks blues greens and yellows that made that movie that so, bright pink suit that Jamie Lee Curtis wears that's what I was is my of favorite thing oh, ever and the green suit the green one too so good yeah when I saw the poster for it I was like because I worked at the movie theater at yeah. the time I was like. I literally have that one in my the one where the prisons in the chair and they're mm-hmm. all standing where I lo- I have I the love, poster in my room. I love beautiful. it so much. I've been wanting to order a poster for it because it's brilliant. So Such a good poster. Mm-hmm. And I think also like another way because it's like kind of it's in the modern times really, um, but they are like sixties and seventies styled. It also caters to like how they're kind of like portrayed as like an old money family. Yeah. Like yeah, but, like old money is like oil and like whatever, but is it Harden? Yeah, Harden's the author. Yeah, Harden. Um, he has been an author forever, and it's like old. It is like an old money situation, like because old money people also like when you think about new money, you think about like tech startups and like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. they're really into EDM or whatever the hell they're into. But old money is like sus. Like there's shit yeah. going on. There's oh, shit absolutely. going on down. There's skeletons in the fucking like literally, yeah. literally to the fucking floor. Like that shit's everywhere. And that's literally that movie. Yeah, oh, so I love that movie. So much. Also, I think um, Chris Evans. Yes, I was just about to this. say. I saw a video about. Um, I think it was Ryan, the director. I think it was him mm-hmm. talking about it. But he mentioned how all his sweaters are very elegant, very expensive. But the like, because he's poor, right? Because the, the um, 
part That's of why it. he was like, so pissed about not yeah. having money. Um, if you yeah. look at the like the edges of his sweater, they're like they're, tearing because mm-hmm. he had to wear them so much. Yes. Like little things like that. I'm like, okay, yes. I would have never I caught that. I was literally about to say, I that's another thing in costume design is like they also have to like take in consideration where yeah. of the thing and like thinking about like financial background and like how they would actually get ready in the morning and like what their thought process is. And yeah. that's why costume design is so fucking sick. Like it's, it's just sick, period. And, tell uh, me. <laughs> and like I think with the old money and new money thing, it definitely shows in that because like new money definitely like they 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 dress very like to date, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very like here and now. And I feel like the old money is definitely like living in a different decade. You know, it's just like the old people who are stuck in the past, who have all this money, they don't know what to do with it, and they still dress like they're in the past. And I but I love that though. Like I yeah the the clothes they wear i'm like i want to go to some like old money state of sale estate sale. i want to go to an estate sale so bad because we're okay yeah no literally i will drive up to la and we can like go to a really random mansion in the hills and do that i would be please because like yeah. so i think the collared shirts and the jackets the jackets alone the yeah. pantsuits just like the 70s women's pantsuits and I feel like they show that so well in Knives Out, and it just, I was, yeah. pantsuits are, like, a thing for me. Like, I love them. Yeah, and I liked it also, like, that it had Jamie Lee Curtis in a pantsuit because she's a powerful-ass woman. Oh, 1,000%. She was born to wear a pantsuit. Like, <laughs> That is the, yeah. Was, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis fan club is no, just... No, literally every episode literally. we talk about Jamie Lee Curtis, I just love her so much. And I think she's such a great actress but like so many people were like reluctant to use her i guess because of like what she's been in or something but when she was in Scream also she was addicted to drugs at one point yeah but no i wasn't talking about that oh okay and then like i read after halloween they wanted her to do like only horror movies and she was like she wanted to spice it up um so i think with like scream queens and um knives out Mm -hmm. she got to step out of her comfort zone and thank you thank you to those directors because it the jamie lee curtis fans were fed yeah She's like mom to us. She is I've mom. said this before. She's she mom. Jamie her and Meryl Streep are my, her and Meryl Streep are my movie moms. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Always. just comfort when we see them. Yeah, hundred percent. And I met her at Comic Con. She's so nice. Really? She's so like she just like you just feel happy <laughs> like around her. I can, like so I can cheesy, envision but... that vibe. Like I can envision the vibe she gives off, and I just I want yeah. it. I want to hug yeah. from her right now. Yeah, I'm t- me too. Oh my god! I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. Let's move on. Should we move on to the next movie? Yeah, okay. okay. No, the phone's ringing. The next film we're going to talk about is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is Chloe's literally bread and butter. So okay. take it away, Chloe. <laughs> 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 Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of my favorite movies of all time. I remember I had never seen a Tarantino movie before when this came out. This was like when I was first getting into film. I had heard of like Pulp Fiction and stuff, but I was like, oh, that's like mm. edgy. Like I'm yeah. And then um, I remember seeing posters for that, and I love Leo. Like Leo and Brad. I didn't really, I wasn't really that into Brad when this came out, but I, I've always been into Leo. I wear this Leonardo DiCaprio bracelet every single day. Oh anyway. my god, <laughs> that's so funny. I love, I love it. it. Brad Pitt. Lord Brad Pitt now I'm I'll get into that but um so I remember seeing posters for it and my mom's like my mom's friends my friend's moms that's what I meant to say and they're also my mom's friends too but I remember like my friend's parents were talking about it and they're like oh yeah like because it's like all actors it's Al Pacino's actors they know it's like you know yeah. that generation so I remember them talking about like oh yeah I want to see that and like that's when I was starting to get into film and I remember going to my parents and I was like I kind of want to watch that and then my mom being like 
no <laughs> like chloe it's a tarantino movie i was like what does yeah. that mean like <laughs> it just yeah. looks good i like the aesthetic or something and she was like no and my dad was like i i kind of wanted to see it i like her and i remember mm-hmm. he took me to that and was sitting at the i remember the whole time i was just like like i was like the whole movie i was just sitting there like in awe i was like this is the yeah. best movie i've ever seen <laughs> and then my dad walked out he's like and eh, that was okay that was a waste of two and a half hours i was like I just was walking. I was like stunned. I was like, what did I just watch? That was incredible. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, just like the oranges and the yellow and like the, like, like the way it felt like, it felt like a ski summer day in LA, but like in the 60s, <laughs> like, you yeah. felt that weird screen the whole movie. Like I felt like I was in LA in the yeah. 60s, in the middle of summer. And you feel and hot because... I was wearing a, a hoodie and I was like, I'm sweating, but I wasn't. It was fine. The eight, movie theaters are always cold. Yeah. But it was, I think it also helps that we like have yeah, lived in LA too. so we know how fucking hot it gets oh, in, in LA in the summer. And then I went in the I, valley. Yeah. Oh. And I and then I went with Michaela to almost every location in that movie except Spawn Ranch because my mom was creeped out and she was like, just don't do it for me. I was like, okay, I won't. But every single other location I'd been to. I've been to Sailo Drive. I've been to um I'm literally forgetting all of them now. But oh my god, I I accidentally stepped upon the the house where Leonardo DiCaprio lived. Same. I literally was there on accident. I literally was like, wait a minute, same. wait, it's, why do we have the same? I don't know, but I remember because it wasn't okay. We it were was together. at nighttime too, so I was like, <laughs> were we together? <laughs> no, I was alone. Oh, I was literally alone. Oh no, I was with my friend. Okay, because we were trying to first we were because we we were doing what you did. We were doing like a tour of all the locations, um, yeah. and so we were going to all these places. Um, also, I think Spawn Ranch burned down, which is so sad. Oh, anyway, it, um, it, it did. That's like, yes, it's still kind of there. It's like in, um, it's near Simi Valley, but yeah. it's like the, it's like, it's, they didn't film it at the place that, like, where the Manson family yeah. actually camped out. It's like right next to it. That's where Mikhail and I were going to go. And I was like, my mom was like, Chloe, don't for me. I was like, okay, well, but like, <laughs> oh. like El Coyote, um, the other Mexican restaurant they went to. Casa Vega. Um, Casa Vega, yeah, I, yeah, whenever I drive by it on Ventura, I'm yeah. like, yeah, for anyone, yeah, for anyone who's listening, you should, if you have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, do a day where you go no, to visit all the locations. No, literally, if you want to do anything fun for free in Hollywood, just look up, like, your favorite movies that yeah. have filmed in LA, and, yeah. like, Booksmart, Chloe, we saw the Booksmart tour, <laughs> Booksmart tour is one of the best, it's because it's all in the valley, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is all in Hollywood, obviously, and Beverly Hills, so it's a little <laughs> harder to get around, but the Booksmart tour was, it's like, ugh. But the ones on the Hollywood tour, like the Cinerama Dome, um, Mikhail and I went and got tacos at El Coyote. Great experience. We saw where Sharon Tate sat. It was cool. We were like, it was scary, but it was kind of, it was kind of cool. But, um. Uh-huh. Anyway. I was going to yeah. completely off track. Okay. Yeah. Why did really we good. literally, why did we literally have the same experience? I don't know. I yeah. Don't I was know. just driving up in the hills for no reason. Like, oh. I really didn't have a fucking reason to. Ew. Like, I don't know, no, I, just, that you I, wanted up to, there. I wanted to look at the houses, because oh. I sometimes, okay, I weird fun house. fact about me, I like to go driving alone in Hollywood and, like, look in the neighborhood. No, it's fun, I do that, too. Okay, I always oh, do I do that, too. Okay, okay. I do. What's going on? No, I did it, like, when, when I was coming back home before the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to drive around and see how the world is before. Oh, I did that, too. Did you drive down Hollywood? Because that's what yes. I did. Yes. Okay, I'm sweating. What's Ooh. going on? They know I are too similar sometimes. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. Anyways. Back to the costumes. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, Go ahead. I, like, some of my favorite outfits from that movie were, uh, there's so many. Um, was it? They're uh, so memorable, though. Pussycat's costume with her crocheted top. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Pussycat was just an iconic character anyways. Okay. But um, her crochet top, loved it. I want that top so badly. And then Brad's outfit in that scene, I think the most famous one, where he's wearing the yellow, um, the yellow shirt. And then, yeah. yeah, and yeah, the yellow like Hawaiian shirt, love that outfit. And There's then- like a shirt under it, I don't, I can see I, it in my head, but I, what brand is it? Um, it's, it's, it's very basic. It's like it's red, a, It's blue. like a ringer tee. No, it's, it's, a, it it's, the... a car, it's a car thing. Um, it's a car thing, yes. That it's a sense. logo. Hold on. Everyone, if anyone is wondering, um, the Our Hollywood Instagram, we posted like a little thing with all the costumes. And that was one of the ones I put because it's so memorable. Where is it? Oh, Champion. Champion. But yes, I don't need yeah. like, like Champion Champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that costume. And then uh, what was the other? Uh, I love the one where, that Sharon Tate wears when she's going in the movies. I love that one. Yes. That shit, yeah, the Sharon Tate outfit goes, and the Sharon Tate outfit when she goes to the um, Playboy Mansion with the yellow outfits, <gasps> and then yeah. in the car when she's wearing the headscarf and the little jacket. Ugh. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie in general. I could go on for hours about Margot Robbie. I love that woman. But um, all everyone in that movie was attractive. Can we like yeah. every single actor? Like Michaela and I went to um a, a Q and A at the Cinerama Dome with like. Um, with like half the cast there, but we were all just like we were just like, it's like scary. they're also they're also beautiful. And it's then Brad really Pitt, scary. yeah, Brad, Brad Pitt is literally like every era of Brad Pitt. I am obsessed. I only go on me too. I'm obsessed. No, and from, from until now, from then until now, like he's yeah. timeless. Him and Jeff Goldblum, timeless, always. This is like Chloe and I get along. This is so like Chloe and I get along. <laughs> Anyways, so we didn't talk about the costume design. Yeah, well, we were talking about Ariane oh. Phillips is the costume Ariane designer. Phillips. And she is a literally iconic. For all you Harry Styles fans, she's doing Don't Worry Darling. Yep. Um, of course. Yep. That's so good. I love she's her. Just, she's the way really she cool. uses color. The way she uses like yeah. color and layers. I I she's just she's very bold, mm-hmm. but also very subtle, if that makes sense. Like you like you see you're like oh it makes sense but you wouldn't think of it like you wouldn't think of it first but when you see it together it may i i like i was i'm thinking about the outfit um brad wore at when they went to muso and frank's in the beginning of the movie like the jean jacket he he did denim on denim and i didn't realize it till later and i was like that was genius like he looked so good in that scene but like the denim i don't know like if i was designing that i wouldn't i would never have said denim on denim for brad in that scene I probably would have given him like a regular jacket and jean or a regular yeah. pant and denim jacket, but mm-hmm. she's just the way she thinks with texture. She's really good she's with on texture. another level. No, she is. Yeah, the way she Fun thinks fact with about her, I just wanted to know because I saw her at a at the women's panel in Santa Barbara. I watched that entire thing, Barbara. by the way. It's so good, right? Because I was, you were like, go to sixteen thirty on our on our outline, and so I was watching it, and I was like. It was I a just good, sat there watching yeah, the I was going to tell you to watch it. You should watch it too, the whole thing, because it's really good. Dude, when so I was sitting there, when I was sitting there live in person, I was like, I am so inspired right now. Like, all these women are great. Mm-hmm. If you, like, live in, like, Ventura County or, like, Santa Barbara, I highly recommend, one if they do it again in person, in to go to the Santa Barbara Film Festival. It's so underrated, and it's, it's literally, like, I like going to them. It really inspires me to be yeah. a person in film again, especially this woman's panel. But she was there. Because she was nominated for costume design, the her fun fact when they introduced her was that she was an inaugural member member of Times Up, and she designed the logo for Times Up. So I thought oh, that was really cool. cool. So I she's, love that. She's very visual. I really like yes, her. I love her. 
and literally like her okay so how she got the job right so like when you take a costume designer like sometimes you have a like an interview process and hers was like because she got a tip from a friend I guess that if you want to like do well like you should make it like an experiential like thing yeah and so basically what she did was like she had like this whole ass box of like costumes and stuff and like she made it like a whole thing she like made a playlist for like Tarantino and then she gave him like a vintage Hawaiian shirt and vintage and glasses it yeah was so cool. and I when she was explaining that in live I literally was there hand over mouth I was like yeah if, I was like, if I was the director and someone did that to me, I would be like, you don't need to show me anything else. No, because I was like, I was like, that's something I would do. Like, mm-hmm. that is literally something I would do. Yeah, I would so definitely, like, and like, I was like, that's another, because re- I had been into costumes because I, I I was like in the middle of doing my short film and I was very particular about the costumes that I did. And I kind of did like a similar thing that she did for my own movie. I know I'm the director, so I did it for myself. Well, because the costumes for the short film that we did, it's like if Euphoria met this movie. Okay, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I you're in for a treat because there's, so, <laughs> there's it's like I went through a costume change. It's like nighttime almost. Fucking so, <laughs> daylight savings time. I hate daylight savings time. Yeah. I love fall and winter, but I hate daylight savings yeah, me time. Too. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Anyway. I don't even know where we were. Time is literally a construct just based on time and yeah. daylight savings time. Anyway. Oh, all that glitters. Um, the short film. I was saying that the costuming that you want to do, like the ideas that you were explaining to me, it was it, the the story takes place in modern times, but all the characters are like old fashioned Hollywood, especially Viv- the main character Vivian. If um, I actually had a real budget, oh, we would have we went off. Absolutely. Um, but I, I did think, well. Yeah, I did we well. We went off still. Yeah. I think. Um. Anyway, that, but that that's what I was saying about the um. Once upon a time in Hollywood mm-hmm. is that it was kind of yeah. similar in the same vein if it met Euphoria. Okay. Right? Yeah. I feel like that's an accurate way to describe the yes. costumes. In I that feel like film. yes, because both of those things I had just watched. Like <laughs> right before we started filming. So probably exactly, yeah. Um, anyways, so I think that was really cool of like her because I've like I and then that's why I was like, maybe, maybe I could get into costume design, like I'm um, costume managing me. Yeah. Like I would love to do that. Because I can yeah, I, I probably will. I can't pick a I can't pick a lane. I cannot pick a lane for life of me. But I'm like because I don't know how to like do sketches and stuff, but I think costume managing or like even just being a PA that like, okay, we're looking for this type of yeah. style. This is like the mood boards here, go out to vintage shops and like go. And like I would absolutely thrive in that position. Yeah. Um, like um, yes. like a fat, like a, like a like a like a wardrobe director, like yeah, on like yeah. TV show that's sets called. stuff. That's yeah. I yeah. would love to do that. that Which, is by the way, cool. that you mentioned um, like the sketching. If anyone, I can has sketch, Google but open, I'm really bad at it. No, it's, <laughs> I'm trying. I looked yeah, up the clueless um, concept art. Everyone, go look it up. Please. And I feel like this Here's can also favorite. transition us to the next one because yeah. um, the Black Panther concept art, mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay, the I love concept art. The next chapter is futuristic fashion. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I completely like, that was such a jarring transition. Yeah. But I just, I love concept art. I think it's one of the best things to look yeah. at. I love um, getting little books and like reading them at Barnes Those like Noble. $60 books. Yeah. You can't like, you're not actually going to buy them, but you look at them at Barnes and Noble for like 40 minutes. Yeah. I love used those. to like, so, like, have, you the... seen a, have you seen the Art of Disney one? Like yes. the art of Disney costuming. I've wanted that book for, I'm not kidding, three years. Every time I go to Barnes and Noble, I look at it and I'm like, I don't have $45 and I just leave. I've wanted it since like 2017. Yeah, I wish I was joking. Yeah. But yeah. I remember seeing it on my birthday in 2017 and I was like, I want this. My parents were like, we're not paying $50 for that book. I was like, okay. And then I just never bought it. One mm-hmm. day I'm going to buy it. Yeah. One day. 
one day. Me with the me with the Star Wars. I love Star Wars concept I used to art sit at the Starbucks in Barnes and Noble. The, and, the Eastlake one, the one right yeah, here. Oh, Ranch. And me too. Books. I would have the stacks <laughs> of the concept art books. Anyway, I was getting completely it's like a library. Yeah, <laughs> <Absolutely> not. <laughs> they don't tell you what to leave they though. They don't though. They don't care. And I've never, I barely bought anything. Anyway, um, okay, so what we <laughs> yeah we were moving on to um, futuristic fashion. So this one is completely different than the last one because it's more of you literally have to make something from scratch because it's oh, new worlds, yeah. um, new like characters that are interacting with each other. Um, but so, you also have to base it in reality because if yeah. you make it too crazy, then like, what are people going to grab onto? Exactly. So the exactly, first yeah. one down is Black Panther, which, by the way, the Ruth Carter, Ruthie Carter, she won best costume yeah. design. Well, that was first. First. she was. I think wasn't she one of the first African American female costume yeah. designers to win an Oscar? Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember. I almost cried at that moment. I was like, period. What yeah. in her yes. speech? I think I yeah. did cry. <laughs> her speech was so good. I, I think also, I might have too. It was really good. The costume design for Black Panther is one of the best costume designs for anything ever. Anything. And it, because to her, it's different. We don't, we have, we barely have enough, like, Black films to, like, yeah. latch onto. I mean, like, I can only imagine how important it is, especially when you're in the Black community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. But, oh, yeah, but I, I, what I was saying, it, like, it, the way that she came up with these things, it was, like, she was basing it off real um african tribes and like mm -hmm. their patterns their um the culture like those kind of things but blending it with what would have happened if like they were never colonized you know and how the fashion would have evolved and sort of into the modern fashion that we have now um and how she used 3d printing to come up with some of those costumes mm -hmm. and how like the black panther suit if you look at it like right up close up it has the patterns of like um like a tribal pattern on the costume Seriously, that's so good. That's I just I love the costume in this movie. One of my favorite. Um, I think it's the best. The Marvel movie with the best costumes. I can oh, say yeah. that I, without a with shadow. That whole doubt. whole hard whole chest that yeah. statement. Nothing mm -hmm. else oh. comes like when you think of Marvel costume design. I mean, like the suits, sure, but they got them from yeah. like the comic books. But I'm like, if you think of Marvel and costumes, the first thing that comes up is Black Panther. I mean, what else are you gonna? It they're they're exactly. they're literally genius. Yeah, because like all, all the other them. yeah, all the other Marvel movies they because there's no culture there's no culture behind their yeah. costumes, like what Iron Man. Okay, I guess like Captain America, it's like early like sixty or when did that yeah. movie take place? Like Civil 1940s, War, 1940s, 1940s, 1940s. Um, but yeah. that's like American culture is not that exciting. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, I, that's yeah, I like like Peggy Carter's outfits were cute. I love yeah. they Peggy weren't Carter. like they yeah. weren't anything extravagant or like oh my goodness like here's yeah. here's an Oscar you know like they they weren't yeah. they were they were historically accurate for yeah. the forties and I love forties fashion it's really pretty but that yeah yeah besides that <laughs> but Black Panther like she literally had to come up with a whole this whole world because like I think yeah. like one of the things she said she's like because I had to make it like oh like people watching it be like oh I just buy a ticket on the plane and like go to Wakanda yeah <laughs> and I was like. Yeah. yeah like you much. have to like yeah. be like imagine like being able to go there and like like when they're in the marketplace like area like it's the way so that people cool. were searching for flights for to wakanda after the movie came were out they actually yeah it was like it was on the news like the the the, the <laughs> internet search for like flights to wakanda went up that's what super americans are <laughs> can you believe no way yeah i want to go there too but i mean yeah but it's not real guys <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's how to tell you. Open a history book. No, like, I do remember that. I wish. my friends talking about. They're like, "Isn't Wakanda real?" I was like, "No." Okay, I, I do it was remember real. that. You just brought I that up like the depths of my memory. I forgot that that even happened. Yeah. 
Um, another crazy. thing is like in the movie, like they all have like they have different tribes as well. Like mm-hmm. there's different like leaders and stuff, and they each yeah. are like color coded as well. Yes, absolutely. And especially when he comes out of the spaceship, the little. I don't know what it's the, called. The, the plane. The thing. And like <laughs> when he's about to get in the fight in the water, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, like, it was like a he's tunnel. Just up on yeah. the cliff. And it's yeah. like. How did I they remember, get there? I remember like, it was like a spaceship thing. No, huh? How did they get no, but no, it was cliffs? A, I don't know. You so, mean the cliff when like before you had the battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, a yeah. tunnel, like coming from like, it was oh, like a, right. like, it was a okay, preparation yeah. area. And he came out from the tunnel into like the little lake thing. And it's yeah. like, I think I thought it was a spaceship because the tunnel is like super futuristic. And then like you go no, into yeah. like, a beautiful cave and like yeah. waterfall area. Also Angela Bassett's costumes. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, that oh my. Yes. That's a 3D printed like the crown. The, cr- the Yeah, the, the white ca- crown. Like basically cape bro that's situation. such a smart that's why costume designers are so smart you have to be a genius mm-hmm. to be a costume designer because the, <laughs> yeah. the just the way they think about like visual yeah like media i guess is so creative and also having to come into agreement with like the director oh my God. Yeah. yeah oh yeah no no the costume designer's job is like so heavily connected to the set designer and the and the director and i don't yeah. think a lot of people think about that because like mm-hmm. it has to go along with the director's like path for the characters and it also has to go along with the set design because if the clothes don't match the set it ruins the aesthetic of the movie like yeah. i think lady bird's a good lady bird and Booksmart are both good examples of that because and once in hollywood honestly because i feel like they all have like such a set aesthetic yeah. and the costume designer and the set designer you can tell like worked together very well mm-hmm. because like the whole movie feels like the same aesthetic there are some movies that don't feel like the same aesthetic the whole movie because yeah. like of that of that like probably i'm assuming but like especially once in hollywood the set designer was also so i think she won i think the set designer won the oscar for that because i think i remember one yeah i think that i think that was that year the set for set design it was it's a smaller oscar it's set design it's still an oscar but um yeah because she i think they just well it's over it the set design they i've always liked a whole episode on set design because set design is crazy another thing yeah. i want to get into i yeah. love set design set design is mm. so I, I think about because i feel like it goes with costume design so much i'm like set design mm-hmm. is so cool it's like interior design like yes. i you know i interior design my whole bedroom like <laughs> like that <laughs> i love it i it's oh yeah you're right production design did win um yeah. for once upon a time and they were also nominated for costume sense. design yeah of yeah. Course. yeah yeah and that's mm-hmm. why uh, Ariane was at the at the panel. At the panel. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, love Black Panther. Absolutely genius what they did with that. Um, but also like in another, it's completely different actually. But um, the fifth element Kim had down, which I was yeah. very shocked that you even knew this existed. Honestly, really. Yeah. It's a really iconic movie. It is, but it also. But not for like my area of the world. Yeah, I was like, Kim knows what the fifth element is. <laughs> um, I couldn't really tell you what the plot is, but I could either. tell you a lot about the costuming. Yes, and that's the whole point of this episode. So that's the, that's yeah. good then because. Exactly. The costumes and the not just the fifth element, but I think sci-fi movies in general are like I just, they completely they have to take you. I have into respect that world. so hard for costume designer that does it for costume and like makeup that do it for sci-fi movies. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you really gotta uh, have big brain uh, energy for that. Hundred like, percent. How do you come? And though they think so deeply about it because they're like, okay, well, this also has to be so. Like they say, this character is like fighting. Mm-hmm. right so they're the what they wear has to, to be like functional. reflect that right it has to be like dirty but it also has to be like they can move in it go ahead yes so uh, the fifth element it's based in 23rd century new york 
right? And the costume designer is Jean-Paul Gaultier. And I love him so much. Literally one of my favorite designers ever. I want everything he's made. What else has Quite literally. he, has he done costume design for? I don't know, but he's a designer. My favorite part about the Fifth Element costume designs is the the smaller costumes. Yeah. Wait, the, let me finish. Oh, sorry. Talk. I thought you were done. <laughs> no, because you were saying like how like because Bruce Willis's character is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super movement and like you wouldn't think cuz Bruce Willis is like really big action guy and you know, <laughs> like really brute and stuff and yeah. he's in a tight orange tank top that's a cutout in the back. And like this like they're pretty tight pants, but he, they, you can still move in them. And this jacket yeah. that's like really structured and like that builds into like his character things. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he does in the movie. I don't really remember. He's a taxi driver, right? He's a taxi driver, I guess. But he's also, I no, I don't think so. I saw it once and I was so frazzled. <laughs> I literally do not remember anything about that movie yeah. except the costumes. But he's like, a, he's, it's an action movie. So like also at the same yeah. time, so he moves a lot. I remember just, anyways, he has to be limber and like movement and stuff. And I really like how he, John Paul Gaultier could have just done whatever, but he put him in his tight orange tank top that like, but he can move in it. And also it shows off his muscles. Yeah. And I think that that's a really important job that's overlooked of the costume designer. Cause I feel like when people think about costume design, they think about like, oh, like they just get to like pick out the outfits and like, you know, mm -hmm. like do color coordination stuff. But like a thing that the costume designer also has to find the materials. Like Ariane Phillips just mm -hmm. posted like a whole wall of fabric samples for Don't, Don't Worry Darling. Um, and like, cause you have to find like fabrics that look good on camera, mm -hmm. that go, that like textures that go together. And then you have mm -hmm. to think about like, I remember Noelle was talking to us about this in my costume class. Like you have to think about fabrics that move. Like if, if there's a dancing scene and they're dancing, but they have to wear normal clothes, you have to pick out a fabric for the pant or you have to find a pant that they'll be able to move in. And I was like, they'll be able to sweat in without it being like sticky and uncomfortable. Like if there's a dancing scene and they're doing jeans, you're going to find want to find more of a cotton denim and less denim denim because cotton is more breathable. Denim is not as breathable. So like, like things like that. And like, you know, like with the tight pants thing too, like if that's the look they're going for, you have to find, like you have to go on this hunt for that fabric or for mm -hmm. that material for like that. That sounds so fun. That, right? Yeah. It's so cool. And like you find like swatches and like samples and like stuff like that and like mm -hmm. it has to be breathable like it has mm -hmm. to and like with shoes too i feel like not a lot of people talk about shoes and costume design because that's part of the costume and you get to find the shoes that work with that like that scene or like they might have to like change shoes to ones that are that work better that's i, I don't know like you know, like with i feel like dancing comes up a lot and then running running yeah. and dancing they have to be wearing shoes that look good in the scene but also are like possible to do those things and i feel like that's a part of costume design that's overlooked yeah. a lot but it's so important to mm -hmm. like the production of the film so like yeah. the which little I, sorry go ahead sorry i forget which character it is but i think he's wearing like a rubber suit like oh i don't know which is so i was funny. gonna say something about rubber too where she's wearing that weird little like is it bandages? I don't it's know what band it is. It's supposed to look like bandages. Because, like, when she has the rebirthing scene, yeah. the things come over her, and it's just supposed to be, like, oh, like, the, like, bandage to cover up. But oh. then he made it into, like, such an iconic piece. He really is. And the like, orange hair. Yeah, and the orange hair is really so good. good. And I think just, like, Jean-Paul Gaultier in general, like, like, he puts so much attention to detail. And there's so many extras, too, because you're in New York, and there's yeah. a bunch of people. And literally, I watched, like, background, or, like, 
little videos of him online and he literally had a he looked at every single extra yeah he literally looked at every single extra and was like okay tilt this okay take this take this and he had he literally looked at every single extra the mcdonald's costume yeah the mcdonald's costumes his concept art if you like concept art you you gotta look at john paul gautier's and i i just think it's so cool and also we couldn't talk about fifth element without ruby rose so i (laughs) Chris Tucker, I remember oh, I was like the background thing again. And he was like, I was like really confused by the the costuming. He's like, it's nothing that I've ever worn before. But when I put it on, it helped me so much to get into character. And I think that's another thing that people overlook in costume design is like the costuming that you're in helps you identify with your character. Yeah. Like, exactly. like yeah. tying it back to like Euphoria, she wears like the burgundy coat and you don't figure out until the end that's her dad's coat. And yeah. like, that's why she always has on her. Like yeah. it, there's like emotional attachment. And then like Ruby Road is like supposed to be like a, like Prince, like Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson mm-hmm. type of character. And yeah. of course they would be wearing, he, she, or they would be wearing um, like these extravagant, iconic I costumes. love the cheetah print. Like... The cheetah print thing. And then like the roses that come out, he's like a bouquet. Mm-hmm. The costume design that is so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I think, like you were saying, like in the sci-fi world, I, I think when you are in these completely made-up worlds, it sometimes for the, I don't know, I've literally never been an actor in a sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like you, to com- be completely immersed in this, and like they have like words and like like customs that you aren't real, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, the costume is like the, the last touch that they need to be fully immersed in it. Um, like in the Hunger Games, I think the like Effie's costume, in, right yes. when she goes, yeah, when she goes to the um, what is that thing, the reaping or whatever, and yeah. the first thing, and everyone's wearing like dull, like mm-hmm. working outfits, and then she's there in the, it just it's so well done because it shows how out of touch that character is with what's going on in the other districts or whatever, um, and it stands out so well, mm-hmm. like it's such an iconic costume. Yeah, um, the costume why, designed for. Hunger Games costumes are genius and like they really it just like it really does separate you know the districts and the capital like yeah it it is capitalism at the same time like they're also making it they're they're making a political point with the costumes as well like this is how ridiculous the one percent looks you're like they're not aware of everything else all the other problems going on and then you go back to all the smaller districts like district 12 for Katnesses and stuff and like Mm -hmm. you know they're they're wearing what they can like Mm -hmm. all they have because that's the effect capitalism has on the world but like I like I like making political statements with clothes and I think they did Mm -hmm. so well in the Hunger Games yeah she could not have made it more obvious when she called the capital she's like guys it's right there for you (laughs) (laughs) so many people did not even literally just did like literally she made such a big political statement to like young adults yeah especially the ending they wonder why a lot of us are leftists yeah (laughs) i was about to say they're wondering why our generation is like rioting and protesting i'm like we grew up with harry potter and the (laughs) And Star Wars. Like, what, yeah. do you, what else do you, you want to do? You were asking for it. Yeah. Literally, you were asking you for it. You literally gave it to us yeah. in our hands like this. Oh, my <laughs> God, the phone. Um, but what was this saying about the Hunger Games? Oh, the, the way, okay, one of my favorite things, it's also kind of costume designing, but how they dress the two, like, in the last book, well, I guess, you know, the last two movies, um, the President Snow and President Coin, mm-hmm. and how they dress yeah. them, and then the whole, like, 
they both suck. And that's the <laughs> moral of the story is that everyone hates this working class people. Um, is that the way they dressed President Coin was so good. Do you remember that? Like, no, it was, I forgot her name. That actress, I love that actress. I I have those like in my head, and the, the little rose that President Snow always wore. Yes, I do remember President Coin. It was like, yes, oh, 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 Julian Moore. Julian Moore. Oh, me being stupid. Yeah. I got her mixed up with the the with uh, what's her name in uh, Divergent. Look at that cape. Okay, oh, I love yeah. they looked so similar to me, especially the costume, the character yeah. design for them. Yeah, because they are like the it's same person, the same honestly. Kind of, yeah. And then the and then the whole they gave us divergent too. Like I'm yeah. sorry, oh, they yeah. to not like rebel against yeah. the government. Um, okay, handed it to us <laughs> anyway. And the Maze yeah. Runner too. Like that was. I'm sorry. Did they finish like, those movies? No, huh? No, I don't. That's think so, so sad for Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien deserved better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and the Giver, the Giver too. Like, I'll be. Yeah, the costumes and the Giver. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw the movie, but I remember reading that book a thousand times. That was one of my favorite books. The movie's pretty good. Meryl Streep's in it. I like it. I didn't even know that was a thing. So. The Giver? No. You have to read the book. Well, I don't I, think you're going to read the book. No, that's so sad. It's such a good, It's because one of the main twists in the book is that they can't see color. Yeah. Like, you don't realize it till halfway through. Because and the so, government does it to them. They don't yeah, know that color is a thing. And so the giver, like the kid, he's discovering color for the first time. And so when he's describing it, you're like, what's going on? And you're like, oh my God, he can't see color. And the way the, writer, the way the writer like writes about it is so yeah. genius. Like you, you're like, this is what it's like to not see color. And in the movie too, it's Brenton Thwaites, um, however you say his name. And like the costume, <laughs> like the so. way, did I? Yeah, I think so. The way. Oh, I, I don't know. Okay. I, don't know if Is it, I, I don't know if it's Brendan or Brenton, so I don't. It's okay. Whatever. If he's Doesn't listening, matter. sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, that's all. Yeah, that that was. You it guys with that. wanted to talk about uh, Star Wars too, right? Oh. Oh my God. Princess Leia alone. Like I didn't get much. Oh. From Star- I didn't grow up with Star Wars background on me, but Princess Leia will always sit in my mind because Not it's one like bad outfit. no literally because it's like yeah it's it's in the space but you can also like really tell like just from looking at her that she's royalty oh and it's just and like, so and like, smart and it's so simple as well yeah. it's it's so simple and like this is only talking about the original three movies we're not going to talk about the prequels <laughs> or the sequels um but the original three the ones from the 80s like you can like 70s and 80s. you can see the 80s, 70s and 80s influence in their costumes too which i think like the like the strong shoulders mm-hmm. and like the bold colors i feel like like her like her white dress is so simple but like the statement it makes with like the boot you see how 70s it is mm-hmm. which she's wearing like white go-go and the boots belt. and the belt yeah, it's i love the belt also i didn't belt. realize how complex the hair was until I saw it from the back, but there's like a whole braid going on back here too. I never noticed that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, wow. there's like, like the buns go all the way back here, and then she has yeah. like I used to have really long hair, and I would try to do her hairstyles. And there's this one where she has like a braided bun, and then a braid <gasps> hanging down. I like it's yeah, genius. Like and the way the hair goes with the costumes too, like how it balances it out, and like the amount of layers and patterns they use, like especially later on, and then. Ugh. And then also the way that they designed the Jedi ropes too is so 80s. Like I don't think people yeah. like the way it goes in a V, you know, like the straps go in a V right yeah, here. And yeah. I think that yeah. shows like from the shoulders to the waist and like it, it's just the 80s influence of the movie. Like it's, 
it's an 80s series like you can tell but like but the way they twisted it into something like modern and the colors but the colors they used weren't really 80s at all mm-hmm. it was a lot of browns yeah. whites blues and like reds you know yeah and i think that you know, I think the lightsabers were a very 80s touch. I think that that, just like the laser swords, like that's the most 80s thing I've ever heard of. Down to the sound. It's so, it's oh, like yeah. the most 80s thing ever. It's, but it's so good, you know? I, yeah. I don't know. Like the whole aesthetic of the movie is so like all over the place. Like we have like sandy sci-fi and then space sci-fi, but then yeah. also like 80s like electro with the swords, like not sword, lightsabers, but like, it's just I don't know. Like that those movies raised me. I've been watching those since yeah. I was born. Also, so like the costume design for the villains. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. for the Empire and how they're all uniform, but they're also based off Loki like military uniforms and also like in the newer ones, there's like they they were like blending like Nazi yeah. Yeah. imagery into the um the costumes and the set designs for those. Um mm-hmm. I, I it was so good how they so and also good. people the way people still don't get those movies. I'm like, hello. Yeah. They're literally for kids, and you still don't get like the basis of it. Um, I don't know. I love the Star Wars costume design. I think, Brilliant. yeah, especially when it comes to futuristic pa- fashion, like, like everything is grounded in the reality that like it's the movie was made in, like eighties, mm-hmm. and like also like they have freedom to like be retrospective because like maybe also some of the themes are like from a different decade, so you kind of have to like subtly incorporate that that yeah. incorporate that in to the costuming because like it movies do better when you show and you don't tell and yeah. costuming yeah. is a great way to do that which is why more people should take that in consideration yeah i hope every anyone that listened to this and maybe wasn't as aware of it before definitely look up your favorite movies look up who did the mm-hmm. costume design for that see what right. other stuff they've done because it will make sense yeah. It, everything starts to yeah. click as soon as you see who, everyone's jobs and what mm-hmm. they do. And also, like, watch, like, interviews and videos of how, because there is, for every movie there is, um, of how they came up with these stuff. Because it's so interesting and the mm-hmm. detail they put into it mm-hmm. deserves to be recognized, Yeah, I think. Yeah, 100%. Like, because I'm, I'm, like, I feel like when you think about movies, you only think about the actors, directors. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah. it's literally a big-ass group project. And <laughs> that's literally, literally, it literally no, that's is. Every movie. Yeah. so like if we didn't have the costume design if we didn't have the set design if we didn't have lighting what would these movies be literally Make so like hair. It, yeah. exactly and if you're like thinking because i feel like a lot some people watching this are like trying to see if they want to get into film like and this is something i didn't get i didn't understand like before i went to college is like looking up like these departments because and like there's people there's interviews youtube and the internet is at your disposable disposable disposal (laughs) and if you're interested in lighting like there's video essays about lighting there's video essays about costume design there's video design about sound mixing and sound editing and there there's so many things that you could do if you wanted to get into film and especially if you're a visual person you love fashion which i feel like a lot of people that like follow me like like fashion and um i think this is like it's a valid thing don't feel like 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 you said it chloe like you felt like you had to get like a real degree in like history but this stuff matters just as much Mm -hmm. honestly and you take history you take history into it you take all these you take science into it you take everything into like these things and i think people need to stop downing on people that get film degrees or want to go to film or want to go to the arts because it's it's fucking valid yeah you need to check your privilege. The heck? Yep. Yep. Anyway, 
Anyways. In conclusion. In conclusion. Oh, well, that was my way of wrapping it up. No, yeah, that was good. Okay. You perfectly summed it up. <laughs> um, Chloe, where can people find you or your work? Just if they want to. Oh, where can um, people find me? Yeah, I don't know where I was um, going with that sentence. No. Uh, well, my Instagram is Chloe Blue, which is C-H-L-O-E and then period and then B-L-E-U-U, -U, which is not a W. It's a double U, but not a W. W. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> visual. <laughs> um, and then my in, my I don't really have any other social media. I have TikTok. My TikTok is Chloe likes classic rock, so it's C H L O E, and then likes classic rock. It's all one word. Um, but yeah, that's I mean yeah, that's where I I'm I am always on those two apps. <laughs> I always answer my DMs. Yeah. That's yes. That's, <laughs> I need to get better answering my DMs. I'd be I'd be living living people on for like two weeks. And I'm like I'm yeah. so sorry. Anyway. We know. Anyways, <laughs> um, thank you, Chloe, for coming on today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you made it this far, we talked for so long. Good. I mean, this is also, honestly this is one of the most interesting podcasts we've done. Yeah, because it's very niche, it's very specific. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot to say. I think. Um, so yeah. Um, oh my god, by the time this comes out, we're gonna, probably going to know who president is, which is terrifying. Oh, it's going to come so out on Monday, scary. which actually maybe not. I don't even know at this point. To future all of us that are listening, um, hopefully you're doing good. Yeah. Just checking on you. It's hard not to be on social media all the time, but also take something to do for yourself. No yeah. matter who gets the president, we still got a long road ahead. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Have a great Stay week. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs> Wear your mask.